when you're transitioning from a place of like, everyone tell me what to do. I'm just a kid. I'm at home. Mom makes me food. You know, like <laughs> when you're transitioning from there into adulthood, you need to start chasing after clarity. Mm. You need to chase after clarity of purpose mm. and of what God has called you to do, but yes. also what's inside of you. What have you done up until that point? What are the skills that you have? What are the values you're creating for yourself? And stop just kind of like taking in everything that people say. This whole transition is, a, is about you becoming an autonomous individual who has mm. your own thoughts, your own convictions, mm. and can come with healthy confidence about who you are. Hey, welcome to Night Church, the Friday evening service of Praxis, the young adult ministry of the Loma Linda University Church. You're going to be hearing some great sermons, testimonies on this podcast that are going to encourage and deepen your faith. We are so excited that you're here, and I hope you enjoy this sermon, and so much so that you share it with someone that you love. Welcome. Well, good evening, friends. We are so glad to be here with you tonight. I am really, really glad to be here with you with this person right here. Um, some of you do not know Renella. She's going to introduce herself to you more kind of in her life right now. But I am so lucky because I got to kind of grow up with Renella um, all the way in Ohio. In Michigan. In Michigan a little bit too. but Were you her in Michigan? I wasn't there in Michigan. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. But Ohio, it was no, Ohio. Ohio, Ohio. So I knew her sister really well, Ragony. We were good buds. And then there was this younger girl that would always kind of tag along. And I was like, who is it? What's going on here? Um, and it is just so cool just to see who God has made you into right now and the journey that we're going to be kind of talking about. So uh, give us a little introduction about yourself. What are you up to? What are you doing right now in your life? Sure. So my name is Renella, for those that I haven't met. And I moved here to Loma Linda two years ago. My family's been here for several years, but I finally made the move down to Southern California, and I absolutely love it, especially after coming from Maryland. Um, <laughs> so it's just great to be here. I am in school right now. I go to Cal Baptist University, and I'm also a life coach, which I absolutely love so trying to make some difference in people's lives that's and awesome. that's what i'm doing right now that's awesome and if you want to follow Renella on instagram um i'm just gonna throw that shameless plug in here but she literally gives these kind of weekly awesome just encouraging videos that i'm like wow that is good so really really glad to have you up here and so let's set the stage for where we're at we started a series called i feel like a and it's about David, and it's about what he feels like and where he's at in his life and the journey that he's going through. Last week, we stepped into the idea of failure. David kind of literally dropping not only the ball, you could say, but dropping a horrible murder, lie, treachery, everything. He felt like a failure. But now that was him as a king. How did he get to that point? We're going to step way back. We're going to go years, decades back into his life, and we're going to look at him as a young adult, an age some of you might be familiar with. And we're going to just kind of take apart the story in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and particularly 17, and we're going to just have a conversation about that, Ronella and I, and uh, we hope that God would kind of get something 
into you through this story. So we're going to jump into John, I mean John, 1 Samuel chapter 16 just for a moment, just to set the background. So what happened here in 1 Samuel 16, Renella? So we all know that 1 Samuel 17 is about David killing Goliath, but in chapter 16, he's actually being anointed as king. Yeah by Samuel, yes. but it doesn't actually happen that way right at the beginning, right? Right. So you have this whole idea of who David is at first, and it's like, he's a shepherd. Okay, now in that time and place, a shepherd was really thought of as someone who's like at the bottom, bottom of the totem pole. I mean, David's brothers would always look at him, go take care of the sheep, dude. There's no way you're going to hang out with us. What? A g- go. Because it was the worst job. No one wanted to just literally meander through the fields for days with these sheep, trying to find them and follow them. But also they were dirty and they stink and they smell. But what does that kind of speak into his life about? Yeah. Um, David is obviously in a season of his life where that's what he's supposed to be doing. Mm. It's a season of his life where he's doing the grunt work and he is just proving himself. I mean, we all remember the time when we were young. I mean, I remember, my mom kind of has OCD, and I just remember asking her when she'd come home, I'd be like, do I have to vacuum again? <laughs> like, we vacuumed like every day. It was just, I felt like my whole life as a child is doing chores. But that's part of the development. Yeah. That's part of work ethic and things that yes. we learn when we're young. Yes. And David was the youngest of eight. Yeah. So obviously, I don't know how many, how many of you are the youngest child? Okay, I am not, so I'm the middle. I know what it's like on both ends, but I know what it's like to tell my little sister, like, you know, if something has to be done, I'm like, You're, you go do it. That's you. And you, she you can't, she can't say anything because I'm going to come up with something clever to be able to be like, well, I'll tell mom that you didn't do, you know, whatever. Oh, so it, it ruthless, Renella. <laughs> I mean, that's just, right? Am I the only one? Okay, maybe You're I'm the, the only, only one. You're the only one, literally. So the, yeah. What? No, that cannot be true. <laughs> no way, no Okay, way, fine. No I learned way. it from my older sister. Like, so, but that's yeah, what happens when yeah. you're the youngest and right. you're, you're doing all the grunt work and this right. is where David finds himself. Right, absolutely. And the idea of seasons, I think, is so important. So we're talking about I feel like a child still. We're going to get into this idea of, of being a child for David in particular, but, but there is a season where you need to be a child, right? There are seasons in your life where you have to be the child. You're growing up, you're maturing, you're developing. Um, that's good. I remember, you know, being a kid and wanting to be older. You know, those times you're like, man, if I could only be 12 instead of 11, you know, then I feel like 12, wow, preteen, wow, you know, and then you hit 13, it's like, wow, I'm a teenager, <laughs> you know, and, and you just kind of dream about what it's to be like to be older, um, and here David sets the example of, no, it's good to be where you're at for a season, it's good to be in that season where God has placed you, and particularly being in the season where God has placed you to develop. Now, that's the problem that some of us sometimes face. We look at other people's seasons and envy over them. I think young adults probably find themselves breaking one of these commandments more than any other. You want to guess which one it is? Come on, give me, throw out a number here. There's only 10 to throw out, okay? 
five, covetousness, 10. Yes, mom, she understands it really well. I think one of the biggest commandments that we break as young adults is number 10. It's like, dude, I wish I had, I wish I had. And you know when this turns on the most, a lot of times it's when we flip over our phone, we scroll over to Instagram, and we're breaking the 10 commandment literally the entire time. Well, and, and that is so true. I think um, it's so easy, especially when we're younger, and there is this element of we're young, so there's so much ahead of us. Yeah, So right. much ahead of us to look forward to. So much, so many ways that we don't want to waste our lives, yeah. and we don't want to do what they did, and we want to be different. And I think that it, if you look deeper at what we're actually doing when we're opening up Instagram and when we're opening up these things and looking at other people, we're really asking a question of like, where do I fit? Mm. Where do I fit in a way that I'm going to make a difference in yeah. the world? And so I right. think sometimes we do covet, but it, there, it's, I think sometimes it's deeper. It's mm. this desire to feel like we have meaning in the world and that we're Ooh. giving back in some way and maybe being recognized for it or whatever. There's wow. some innate thing inside of us that wants that. Wow, I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. There is something deeper in the covetousness desire. It's like, I want significance as well. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be recognized as someone of value. And and what's sad, oh, sorry, you're gonna say it. Go, Go it. All, right, all right, we're having a conversation here. This is just, you know. And what's sad though is that a lot of times we look at the moment that's captured and think it's their entire season. I was just having a conversation with my sister and she was telling me about how one of their good really friends is getting a divorce. And it's just like, ah, two kids, they're same age as my sister's kids. And she said, Philip, if you would look at their Instagram, you'd say, how? Just a year ago, they were saying we're in the best spot we are in the world. I mean, my goodness, this is so good. Everything's rich and awesome. And it's like, wait, what? But a snapshot doesn't tell you the entire picture, nor does it explain their season. Yeah, um, the highlight reel. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. what we, it's what we see, and it's yeah. what, as humans, we want to project. We always want to project the best sides of us, right? Oh, yeah. And um, I think that in David's life, when you look at what's happening as, with him as a shepherd and his eight brothers ahead of him, he probably is looking up to them and being like, man, I wish, yeah. I, wish I could be where they're at. Right. But he also wasn't really around when they were mm. where he was at, right? Yeah. And yeah. so they're at just at a different place in life than he is. Now, the, the amazing thing that we're going to catch in here is, is coming out of the text. So let's just jump into 1 Samuel 16 just for a moment because there's something really important that happens here that sets the tone for 17. And it's the fact that David gets anointed David gets anointed. If you understand the significance of that, you'd be like, wait, what? David gets anointed? What? He's the youngest. He's the shepherd. He's the little runt. What does the text point out? Let's look at this just for a moment, okay? Verse 6 of chapter 16. When they came, he looked at Eliab and thought, this is Samuel now speaking. He looked at Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on his height of his stature because I have rejected him. Oof. 
For the Lord sees not as man sees, but looks on to the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Oh my goodness, friends, if this isn't a rebuke to our Instagram craved eyes, I don't know what else is. Literally, it's as if Samuel's like telling us, like, bro, what you see portrayed there is not what I value. What you see portrayed there might not even be the truth because the truth that I see is deeper. Oh, man. And I think this is, it speaks to the issue with going with whatever you see online, with going with whatever, whatever society says, if you are just simply a consumer in your life mm. and just kind of going by whatever anyone else says, you will get caught up in all the wrong ways of thinking about yourself and yeah. life and of your future. Yeah. And I think that's why the Bible calls us to be people who actually form our own thoughts and opinions, mm. our own identities that are deeply rooted in something that's not external, right? Yeah. And so that's the the whole thing here is like you're looking at all the externals mm. because that's what everyone else values. Mm. And this is like, this is what thousands of years ago is still happening today. We don't learn, right? Wow. We still, over and over again, probably some of us before we came here, we're just like, oh, I hate the way I look. Or like, man, I wish I could lose some weight. Or mm. like, oh, what do people think about my life path? I mean, mm. we just like kill ourselves over the externals when God is just like, that those things don't matter to me and they shouldn't matter to you. Wow. Because what matters is that your identity is completely rooted in something that people can't touch. Ooh. And we, we want, for some reason, people to like be able to give us and like boost our value and because we're so codependent on it. But I think the beautiful thing about scripture and all that it teaches us and all the examples that there are these people who are able to break free from that prison mm. of like just being so codependent on what other people think of them. It's, it's freedom. Yeah. That's what, that's what God is showing even Samuel. Samuel the prophet yeah. is like, ooh, this one's good. He's tall. He's smart. This one, you know, and he's like, stop looking at the outward appearance. Wow. What I've chosen is, is the very last one who's the shepherd who's like cleaning up poop right now. Mm. Like he has a good heart. He has the one that can lead. He's the one that can lead. Okay, I got to say it. I gotta, if I could take your mic and drop it, I would right now. Wow. That's gold right there. Let's break that down really practically, okay? Good friends of mine are talking to me about this regularly, you know. They're single, working through like, man, how do we, how do we find that one? And, you know, he's, he's kind of a really great guy, but I don't know if he's going anywhere. And, you know, he didn't finish his degree, and she's got some extra weight. And, and you know, I mean, everything else is there, and... Uh, Right? That's the problem in our society right now. We are analyzing everything but the character. Hello. Hello, Justin. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Monica. I'm just making up names now. <laughs> Friend, you want to find a husband and wife? Find a good character first. Okay. Okay. All right. 
right. We need to have this discussion at another time. I, I have know. A whole other discussion about that. Just that just brought it up. I had to say totally. it. I'm sorry. I know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's okay, good. Okay, okay. Good stuff. So now we look at David. He gets anointed by Samuel, right? He's, he's like, me? Me? Because he felt like a kid still. He's looking at his older brothers. They're older, right? He's the youngest. I literally had the kid sensation and feeling for so long as the youngest. You know, I was 10 and 12 years removed from my brother and sister. I was the, I'm not the oops, okay? <laughs> just get that out of here. I was the gift. My mom told me so, okay? She said I was the gift. I'm going by that. No matter what you guys say. And God had a plan for my life. That's why I showed up. All right. But the, yeah, thanks, Renella. We're buds. But see, the thing is, he looks at himself, he's still a child, and he's like, but, but me? But me? There's... There's something else here building, I feel like, Ronella, and I, I, I don't know what you're thinking about that already. Yeah, no, it's so interesting because when, as we're moving into transitioning into new seasons of life, at every transition, there has to be this mindset shift. And sometimes it's so subtle, we don't even know when it began, you know, mm. when the last one ended and when the new one began, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, I guess I'm kind of, like, you know, important now, or now I'm, I'm getting older, and I think... Um, our identities, the way that what we remember about our past is how we identify ourselves, oh. actually. We typically identify ourselves with who we were in mm. this, the previous season. Mm. And so this is like a new thing where all the brothers are getting passed over, and it's like, whoa, his time has come, mm. almost. But, but now he's being transitioned into this new season that is totally going to like push him into yes. a totally different role, and yes. he's going to have to actually go through some hoops to actually prove to others that he's ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. And and now we look at him in this season and you're like, is he ready for this? Can he take the challenge? What do we have to look at people's lives and say, I believe you're ready to take this promotion? How do you, how do, you do that with someone? I mean, here God's like, David, I'm ready to promote you. From literally at the bottom and now go to the top. Sounds like a song. And some of you didn't get it. It's okay. It's okay. But literally, how does he go from being a shepherd boy to the king? Come on, just think about that for a moment. How is that possible? Is it, is it literally just because, well, I just arbitrarily picked David. Come on. Speak out. You can talk to us. We're having a conversation. Don't get scared. Okay, his heart. How, do you, how, how did God get to the point? He's like, you deserve the promotion. What do we have to base this idea of where God's logic was kind of fitting in a little bit? Okay, his character. What, just some specifics here. What? Faithfulness, consistency. Give me a specific act of David. Watching the sheep, good. What else? Stewardship. The bear. The lion. Come on. 
people. Did you forget the bear and the lion? David had marks of faithfulness, consistency, and courage. His life portrayed something in those seasons when you feel like, oh, this is not a big deal. I'm, dude, I, no, 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 no. Do not downplay the season you find yourself in because what God is looking for is faithfulness, consistency, courage, and character in those seasons in order to say, you're ready. How many people, though, how many people, though, remain kids, don't realize what they're in, and God has to just look to another. Why wasn't Eliab chosen? Why weren't one of the other brothers chosen? It's possible that they were being foolish in their season. We're going to get into this a little bit now as we jump into 17. So let's, let's go now into 17 in the text here. Okay, so what happened with David? Um, David's obviously doing his shepherd thing. His brothers get called to war. Why? Because there's this guy named Goliath and the Philistines, these people who were ruthless murderers and killing their people, and it was rough. And then his dad's like, you got to check on your bros because they don't have food, so take some food with you. Uh, you know, just do that, what I need you to do out there. Okay, Father, I'm going. He's faithful to his parents as well. He's, he's continuing this act of faithfulness. Let's jump in the text just for a moment, okay? We're going to go and look at verse 31. Okay, so Goliath just said his piece. Hey, who are these uncircumcised people? What in the world? They defy the armies of the living God. David said that, sorry. Um, and, and now David's like, what's going on? How can you let this uncircumcised dude, sorry, I'm using that word too much, um, just defy us? Like, why in the world? Come on, guys, what's going on? That courage, that bear, that lion mentality now is coming out. And we get to 31, and we're going to read through this just, just a little bit to verse uh, 37. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go out against the Philistine to fight with him. You're just a child. And he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, no, your servant used to keep sheep with his father. And there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock. And I went after them and struck them and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck both down lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And, the Lord, and David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said, Go, and the Lord be with you. Whew. Wow. I, just, I, I love David's confidence here. This is like one of my favorite, favorite stories to read, especially this part, because it's so clear 
that David has has such clear vision. Mm. He has a healthy type of confidence, mm. even for a young person, mm. versus a an unhealthy. And I think the difference is an unhealthy type of confidence comes from, it's not confidence, it's compensation. Oh. You're trying to compensate for some type of insecurity you have Ooh. or some weakness or some type Shoot. of thing that you, you got to prove yourself. You got to get that external validation. And so you got to, you know, go and, and do whatever you do, mm. you know? Um, and, and David here, even though, you know, he was like the cheese bearer <laughs> to this war yeah. and just like checking on the sheep, delivering cheese, checking on the sheep, delivering cheese. Like yeah. he had been anointed as king yeah. already. The chapter before, yeah, right? Yeah, literally. Right. He could have gone, gone in there and be like, okay, guys, look, this is the deal. <laughs> God anointed me as king, so let's let's wrap this thing up. I mean, yeah. he didn't. He was like, okay, well, let, let me tell you what I have done. And let me tell you about the conviction that I have in my heart against these people. And your people are shaking in their boots. But I happen to believe that God is actually more powerful than them. I mm. killed the bear. I killed the lion. Like, these are my, like, this is my resume. Yeah. Come on, let me do it. I can yeah. do this, you yeah. know? But it wasn't like, oh, it, it just wasn't an unhealthy confidence. Mm. It was like he knew that his time came. Yes. He didn't sit around for it and yes. wait. But he, he knew his purpose very clearly. Mm. And I think that's one of the things... That's so important in this transition. When you're transitioning from a place of like, everyone tell me what to do. I'm just a kid. I'm at home. Mom makes me food. You know, like <laughs> when you're transitioning from there into adulthood, you need to start chasing after clarity. Mm. You need to chase after clarity of purpose mm. and of what God has called you to do, but yes. also what's inside of you. What have you done up until that point? What are the skills that you have? What are the values you're creating for yourself? And stop just kind of like taking in everything that people say. This whole transition is, a, is about you becoming an autonomous individual who has mm. your own thoughts, your own convictions, mm. and can come with healthy confidence about who you are. Wow. 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 I am so honored to be standing oh up gosh. here with you. My goodness. You know, I, I just want to speak into that just for a moment because there are a lot of good-hearted parents out there. You know where I'm going? And there are a lot of great moms and dads who are enablers. Some of you need to be like here, but mom and dad are still doing your laundry, still cooking every single meal you eat, still paying every bill you have, still taking you out and driving you places because you didn't get a driver's license when everyone else did. Still looking to have mom and dad pay for everything when you need to go out on a date. Still asking, I'm telling you, I hear all of this stuff. Hey, can you spot me? How about you spot yourself, kid? That's what I need to hear some more mom and dads be saying out there. Spot yourself. You're going to take her out on a date? Find the money. Because I'm not taking her out on a date in essence. But the idea here, though, is there's this healthy confidence, this notion of parents' enablement. And I just want to discuss this just for a moment, okay? You need support in life to achieve your goals. I'm not saying parents and people helping you along the way is not a good thing, okay? That is a really good thing. I have been a beneficiary of parents helping. Right now, oh my goodness, without Ariana and Daniel, they're right there, they know, without like 
good aunts and uncles, without grandparents, I don't know if my children would be surviving right now. Um, there is an, or maybe healthy, healthy way, okay? They, they, they would survive, but I don't know if it would be as good as they got it now. But, so you need support in certain seasons in your life. But there also has to be an understanding, are you taking them for granted? Are you making huge assumptions? And are you, in essence, unfortunately stunting yourself still? You don't need to be looking and running straight to mom and dad every time you need to make a decision. And I know that there are some of you still doing that. First time you got called to make a decision, it's like, man, mom, what's my... What do you, I don't know what did they asked me, and I don't know if I should, should I say this? First person you should be going to is the Lord. That's the first person. He's your true parent. He's your true mom. The Lord says, I have a womb, okay? So he's a woman and a man, you could say, all right? But God is the first parent that you should be running to in order to get your advice from. And then from that, Start building up what Solomon said. Hey, let's build out a, a, a set of counselors. And mom and dad can be one of those. But you first need to seek Jesus. You first need to seek out the Lord. Think through it. Reflect positively. So speaking about autonomous living, that is some of you are already there. You're, you're beyond that. You're like, okay, bro, I've been doing that. And honestly, that's amazing. Because as a culture, we've created something called adolescence extended. Young adulthood shouldn't exist. It should be child, adult. But what's happened is when someone turns 18, they still feel as though they've got at least 10 years, if not maybe pushing a little bit more, of like, hey, I can do stuff. I don't have to get a job. I don't need to pay stuff. I, hey, mom and dad, can I get a gap year and just like go do, you know, like, those are good things, but that can't keep going year after year after year after year. And you and I keep pushing off responsibility. That is something that happens in privileged societies. That doesn't happen in the third world. Elaine and I spent three months in Nepal. Man, you talk about poverty and suffering. You got little kids pulling up huge rocks and putting them into bushels and doing construction work. The women following alongside them. Why? They have mouths to feed. They have stuff to do. They're in the fields cutting rice with them. I got to do that. I mean, that's hard work. Why are they doing that? Because there's responsibility. You and I got to recognize privilege is privilege. What are you doing with your privilege? So you have it. I'm not trying to look down upon having privilege. But I am going to challenge you to ask yourself, what are you doing with your privilege? What are you doing with the benefit that mom and dad still take care of stuff for you? Some of you. What are you doing with the fact that you can go to graduate school and get a premier education here? We'll forgive you for going to Cal Baptist. But no, I know, I know. There's degrees that we don't offer, you know. We'll pray for our administration. But the thing is, that is part of the journey of recognizing when do I need to take responsibility and then take it. Because that's part of fulfilling what God has for you in the season. Yeah, that's really good. I love that. I think sometimes the idea can be daunting when you don't have something that is pushing you out 
um, like where you have to. For some of us, we saw like our parents just like dropped us at 18. Like you're on your own financially. Yeah. I, that's how I was. Like yeah. I, I'd stop pay, like I'd pay everything, and I was completely on my own. And for some of us, if we don't have that, like how do we create that mm. ourselves? And especially going into a season of adulthood, maybe you live at home with your family still. And it's kind of hard because when you're with your family, you kind of like revert back. You know, you just mm. revert back into that, you know, kind of lazy, I'm a kid, like sit around because, you know, there's nothing to do or like fighting with your siblings, all of that stuff. And sometimes it's hard because um, your family, be because they know you so well, because they've been with you since you were like, you know, pooping in your diapers, they see you differently. So sometimes they don't actually take you as seriously as maybe they should yeah. for where you're at in right. life. And so you kind of have to do that yourself. So maybe taking an inventory of your life, like, okay, how old am I? What season of life am I in? What's coming up next for me? What are some small ways in my life right now that I can just start taking a little bit more responsibility mm. and just saying, hey, mom, dad, I appreciate that. You're so kind. You've given me so much, but I think it's time that I X, whatever, yeah. you, whatever that yeah. means. You have to kind of be intentional about yeah. that depending yeah. on your circumstances. Absolutely. So if we were to map out maybe a couple more practical things, because our conversation's already gone overboard, but um, what are a few more practical things that we could leave everyone with? What do you think, Renala? Yeah, um, I think that the one of the biggest things, um, like I said, going into your adulthood is finding clarity. Um, not only do you want to be autonomous physically and financially, you know, we talk about paying your own bills, getting your car, doing all that stuff, but you want to start becoming autonomous emotionally and mentally, mm. not just from parents, but from society. As an adult, as a human, one of the hallmarks of being a human is that you have freedom of choice. Mm. You have the ability to form opinions. You can look at both sides and look at things with nuance instead of just black and white and whatever your professor told you. Mm. You have the ability to actually be your own person, set your own standard, go into life and be the standard instead of falling into what everyone else expects of people your age. I think that's the beautiful thing about David is that even in his experience, they were like, oh, put on this armor, go do this, go do all the things that everyone else did before you. And mm. he's like, that's not going to work for me. We're doing it different around here. Yeah. You know, because as you get older, that's the beauty of adulthood is that you can do things differently. Yes. And I, I, I guess I just really want to encourage people to, um, to really consider what their values are. Mm. It's a really great time of life, life to start considering your values. And, and are they actually based on things that that were taught to me mm. or were given to me. Mm. When we're born in the world, we're born with nothing. Everything we have is given to us. Mm. And so what am I now going into adulthood? What am I holding on to that was given to me in, instead of what I chose? Because now you can choose. That might be scary. Yeah. That might be choosing your faith, choosing how you want to live your life, mm. choosing your own values. But you need wow. to have clarity about that mm. and clarity about your, your purpose and your identity because that's the only way you're gonna survive in this world. It is. Or on the other hand, you're gonna be burdened down by the expectations of others yeah. and chained in this prison that is gonna like not make you enjoy life at all because you care so much what people think or mm. you're trying to fit into this box. The Don't American do that. American dream. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Find values that are meaningful to you and to the world and what you wanna do in life. Yes. And that'll unlock a whole other world as you're transitioning into adulthood. I love that, I love that. Assess your life where you're at right now. 
Ask yourself what you really want out of this life. Find clarity and purpose. And I would say the biggest way you start building this adult mentality, the first way, honestly, the first way, and I know you're like, dude, you're a pastor. I knew you'd say that. You really need to spend some time with the Lord. It's about you taking ownership, what she said, about your faith. An adult takes ownership about their faith. We shouldn't have so many young adults walking away from church. We shouldn't. Especially people who grew up, as the scriptures say, being taught at a young age the truth. It shouldn't be that. Why is it like that? Ah, dude, my friends aren't at church. Who cares what your friends are doing and where they're going? If they go to the mountains every weekend, doesn't mean you need to go there too. If they go to the beach every weekend, doesn't mean you need to be following them too. If you valued faith as a young person, continue that trajectory. Start with the Lord in the midst of this. I believe that David's example is beautiful because he goes out and he takes what he has, what he's learned and he's done well with. And some of you are doing that right now. You're building focused skills that you're going to literally kill the challenges of your life and other people's life and you're going to be a blessing to them. You are amazing human beings out there. I believe in you, and especially the Lord believes in you. This next season is going to be amazing. You don't need to feel like a child anymore. It's time you stepped up. Be the adult God sees you to be. Yeah. Thanks so much, Ronella. Really, I am honored to have been able to sit here with you. Can we give her a round of applause? I'm going to call the, the team up to, to finish us off with the music. Um, but I really want to also just say a couple things as our team kind of clears up here. But um, I hope that you were not offended by our straight shooting. Because I want to tell you, I'm going to go back to last week. I failed in so many ways to live up to the adult that I needed to be in so many seasons. And so it's also about recognizing God's grace for our moments of looking at ourselves and still acting like a child. And it's about saying, Jesus, I need you to fill that hole. I need you to forgive me. But Lord, I also need you to take me to the next level. Take me to the next chapter where you're calling me to be. I believe that for you guys. Hey, thank you so much for joining us for the Night Church Podcast. We really are excited for where we're going, and you can help us in that mission. There's a few things that you can do. Number one is just stay connected. So if you want to follow up what's going on in the young adult ministry here at Loma Linda University Church, follow us on Instagram at Praxis Ministry. And then the other way to really build from this is to financially contribute. Your donations make such a big impact. And so if you go to lluc.org slash give, you can connect with Praxis Ministry there on a one-time gift or a reoccurring commitment. It makes such a difference. Well, we love you, care for you, and may God bless you richly as you take theory and make it into practice.